Welcome to Kundalini Yoga and Meditation Confessions, the daily podcast where I share my experiences with the technology. My name is Ananda Savitri Carr, and I'm a Kundalini Yoga and Meditation teacher in Dallas, Texas. One of my favorite tricks in Kundalini Yoga is to put on a mantra that I really want the effects of, but I don't necessarily want to chant a lot. Um, for example, sometimes I'm just, I'm tired of chanting. <laughs> um, I think this just happens when you're at a certain level of your practice and you just have days that you, you do need a solution, but you're just, you're unwilling to do certain things. And sometimes what I'm unwilling to do is chant a lot. Um, it just, I don't know. It's, it's more fun and enjoyable at first when it's sort of like a magic trick, right? But somewhere along the lines, it, it gets, it gets old. It just does. Um, I think because it's not English and I'm at the point where I, I need more of the English, but there's not good quality English. So I'm sort of stuck in this funky middle area until I can make it myself. Um, anyway, though, the trick is you find a music track of the mantra that you want the effects of and put it at a low volume, but just play it continuously. And I've done this many, many times. Um, there's this one shabad. A shabad is like, it's like a, a longer piece. It's not just a verse. It would be more like a chapter, if you will. And um, it's about God as the divine masculine. And um, you play that one and they say that that draws your um, your divine masculine. So for women to listen to it and it'll attract uh, an appropriate male partner for you. Um, and then I think if men would listen to it, it would make them into a divine masculine. So help them to find their inner manliness, if you will, <laughs> their rightful expression of that. Um, anyway, I found doing that mantra, playing it continuously, especially while I was sleeping to be very effective. It helped me to let go of my attachments to people that weren't really healthy. And it helped me to zero in on who was correct for me. Um, I've heard of people having interesting dreams and letting, ha having really big awareness of what was happening in their subconscious when they did that. Um, so that was the first experience I had with that. And then I didn't really play with it much until recently. Um, I don't remember what the circumstance was, but th there was a block that I was dealing with. I think it was with a work project. I just could not get through this block and I was just super willful and frustrated. I did not want to, I didn't want to research this anymore and I didn't want to chant a bunch of mantra. I just wanted to pout basically. <laughs> but I found the mantra that I knew would do the trick and I put it on a low volume and I just had it on my phone next to me and I took a nap. And when I woke up, I had a message from someone who could help me with the project and I was able to move on. So that was really great. And then um, lately, I have, I have a really big trigger coming up. It, it's some of my deepest, darkest PTSD. <laughs> I'm aware of it. So that's good. Like I, when, when this gets triggered, it's like I know I'm being irrational, but I also have evidence to back up my irrationality, if that makes sense. So it's sort of like, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit crazy, but also I have a reason for it. 
So I know that really the only way to fight that is with the power of God, because it's like, God, you put me in this situation for a reason. I understand pattern recognition. And so rightfully, I am afraid of this thing. So if you want me to try this thing again, but under your protection, then you're going to have to help me get through it because on my own, I can't do it. On my own, I am afraid and I want to run away and I would rather hide in a hole than deal with this. <laughs> but that's not practical, right? So I found the mantra for it, which this is actually one of my least favorites. Um, I talk sometimes about how the Kundalini Yoga music is not the best, but some of it is definitely worse than others. And this is one that's just, oh my goodness, it's just like literally this boring, droning sound. I can't believe someone thought that this was an appropriate way to chant mantra praising the, the Lord. Like, God is incredible. To present him this really awful music is just embarrassing. But it is what it is. I'm using what's available. And kind of rolling my eyes while I'm doing it, but I am doing it, which sometimes that's how it is on the journey. You don't want to do it. So you roll your eyes, but you do it anyway. Um, and I can already tell that it's working because when I put the mantra on, I was just like, this is the last resort. This is the last option that I have. And I knew that on my own, I can't get to where I need to be. And I'm unwilling to chant any extra. I I mean, I'm doing a lot of changing every day as it is. So to add more on just doesn't seem like enough. But I guess I'm in one of those phases of life where it's like, I need to get over the hump that's right in front of me. And I only know how to do that with the power of God. I know I can't do it on my own. So I'm pulling all the tricks out of my bag, right? And when I started playing this, I was just really not having it. But it's been playing for... About 12 hours now and I can feel that fear just sort of slipping away along with my awareness or, or let's call it my judgment of it being irrational. I'm more accepting of it and recognizing that clearly this is all part of God's plan. God's plan for me, I can't see all of it. I love the analogy of our life as a tapestry. Where on one side, it looks beautiful and perfect and well-designed. But if you look at the back side, there's yarns going every which way and there's knots. And it just looks like a confusing mess. And when we look at ourselves and our lives, oftentimes that's how it looks. Because we know all of the problems that we've encountered along the way. We know all of the missteps. And it just looks insane and intense to us. But... The other side is, is the big picture that God created and especially how it looks to other people. I mean, we don't, we don't know how we look to other people, but oftentimes what we see is really messy. Other people look at it and wish that they had it, right? And that's the view that I'm, I'm seeing more. And that's one of the effects of this technology. It's easier to grasp God's point of view. When you're engaging with God on a regular basis in this really authentic way, it's really authentic to engage with God with your body, your mind, and your soul. You know, traditional religion, it's just your mind and your soul. But when you add in your body, when it's not just kneeling in a pew, but it's moving your body with breath work, it just, it does something different. It's a, it's a full union of your body, your mind, and your soul with God, and it gives you that point of view like God must have, which is so powerful. 
When we can get into the point of view of what God must think, it changes everything because it makes us more accepting of ourselves, more accepting of others, but ultimately it makes us more able to do the right thing. You know, so often when we do the wrong thing, it's just because that's the only scenario that we see as possible. Like we might do the right thing, but with a bad attitude and that bad attitude keeps it from being the best ultimate thing. So when we have God's point of view, that bad attitude slips away. We can have a smile on our face. We can do the hard, correct thing with a smile. And that's, that's usually the right thing. So I have a tough day coming up ahead of me. I'm walking straight into the lion's den and I don't want to. There's a big part of me that just wants to hide in a hole. <laughs> but I also know that I have to do this. I cannot skip this part of the process. It has to happen. So, yeah, big day ahead. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do the right thing that's really difficult, and I'm going to do it with a smile.